0: This show contains explicit language and themes, and is for entertainment only. We do not guarantee the accuracy of our content. This podcast is not for sensitive individuals, ideological or religious extremists, or little bitches.
1: If two men are fighting, and the wife of one of them comes to rescue her husband from his assailant, and she reaches out and seizes him by his private parts... You shall cut off her hand. Show no pity. Deuteronomy 25, 11 through 12.
2: May God have mercy on your soul.
3: They got together and swore a pact to the devil. They said, we will serve you. sodomites and queers. I'm the one who has the guts to preach against them. On
1: atheism, there's nothing wrong with drinking a dad's sperm. The Antichrist has come. They're in there like Sauron or Sorum and just rah, dark sorcerers, total power. Rah.
2: No homos will ever be allowed on this church as long as Donovan's lived beside people about 6,000 years ago. And they were vegetarian to start with. When you really look at the evidence, the truth is it takes more faith to be an atheist than it does to believe in God. Behold the atheist's nightmare.
1: They're just tools of the media to brainwash you.
2: That, yeah, this part is done. That which can be asserted without evidence can be rejected without evidence.
0: This is an issue of the separation of ignorant, scientifically illiterate people from the ranks of school teachers. My answer is I don't know, and your answer is something beyond
1: comprehension. It should be irrelevant, but it isn't, because it does infringe on people's liberties. Can you point to any positive scientific evidence in favor of creation? Then there are all the people who seem to have faith claims that are so elastic as to commit them to absolutely nothing. But I mean, I'll tell you something, if I was told to sacrifice them to prove my devotion to God, if I was told to do what all monotheists are told to do, and admire the man who said, yes, I'll gut my kid to show my love of God, I'd say, no, fuck you.
3: Welcome to the Unholy Generation Podcast with your host, 250 Atheist from the Satanic Illuminati Atheist One World Order. We are your hosts, Brother Mike.
2: And Ryan. And today we are joined by a guest from the Nerdy Things Podcast. Welcome,
1: Kevin. Woo! Thank you. Yeah. It's good to be here. Kevin. Yeah, it's uh good to good to be here. Cool. Fellow podcasts of the <laughs> Fopnet Network. Mm-hmm. That's right.
3: Yep, part of the Fopnet family. <laughs> So Kevin is going to be on the show with us today, going through our intro piece with us, and at the end of the show, we're going to have a little interview with him, as usual. But first, there's some housekeeping we need to take care of. So if you're one of our patrons, you already know that we've reached our $10 goal, and as promised, we're going to make and release a special episode just for our patrons. Mm
0: -hmm.
3: Now, I put out a poll a little while ago, at this point maybe a week and a half ago, asking people what they wanted the special episode to be about. And seeing as we only have, like, two patrons at the moment, uh, not a whole lot of, you know, engagement with our two patrons. Uh, so I decided to open it up to the public. Now, just a reminder, if you want access to this special episode, you'll need to become our patron on Patreon. You only have to pledge a dollar to hear the episode, so don't be cheap. Anyways, the special episode will be me and Ryan visiting and staying the night at a haunted hotel. <laughs> Uh, we're going to do all manner of wacky things like ghost hunting. Probably
2: going to use a Ouija board.
3: You have Ouija board, satanic rituals, magic spells, interviews with ghosts and spirits, mm-hmm. that kind of thing.
2: Yeah, but the thing about that is that San Antonio is a notoriously haunted city, apparently. We'll have to test out that claim.
3: So that's what we're going to do for our special episode, and we'll be releasing that as close to Halloween night as possible.
2: <laughs> Wonderful. The-
3: this will be our first holiday special, so keep your eyes peeled for that. And that's all the announcements I've got for today. Oh my
1: god. No, I know we just met, but I would be flying down there if you had given me any more warning. <laughs> I so want to do this with you now. Oh my, I'm, I'm looking up flights right now. This is going to be great. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, you still have time before oh, yeah. we book the hotel. I'm bringing my wife. It's going to be great. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, I i think
2: it is going to be really fun uh but yeah we're we're gonna have to figure out how to convert that into a show (laughs) but yeah i think just just the experience itself is going to be pretty cool just think even if i was there that would
1: open it up to like i could just describe what you were doing oh (laughs) now they're walking down the hallway can you feel it listeners
3: Oh, (laughs) that's Uh, awesome Yeah. Yeah. So my idea for how we're going to record the audio for that is essentially that we just take raw audio of us doing like spells and rituals, and then we like break it up with little sections of ghost hunting or interviews with dead people or something like that. Uh, we'll even try to fit in some educational stuff in there, just for you know shits and giggles.
1: Probably. <laughs> we'll see. So, since I can't fly down, if you do take video and you need an over overlay announcer for it, I volunteer. <laughs> <laughs> That would be amazing. That'd be
2: awesome. (laughs) All right. Well, are you two ready to get into our story? Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. All right. That's great because we need to defend the dignity of white men in America.
3: (laughs) (laughs) That's right, Ryan. Today, we're talking about an article we pulled right off of Right Wing Watch. Uh, apparently there's a young youtuber by the name of Alana locktev locked i think that's how you say that. Yeah, I don't, sounds I don't right. give a fuck she's the host of a white supremacist web-based outlet which is just a youtube channel <laughs> it's called red ice <laughs> yep and she recently made a video praising tucker carlson Whoa. for questioning whether diversity is a strength or not and she goes on to argue that white men are discriminated against in fucking america <laughs> Ugh. Let so, that sink in.
2: That's amazing. First of all, I got to say, uh did, did you guys uh it was probably about a year ago but Vox released a, a video about like why white supremacists like Tucker Carlson so much. No, I didn't, I didn't see that one that that? either. No. Okay. Well, so I, I really liked that video and I posted it on my Facebook, which was a huge mistake. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Cuz my entire family came barreling down on me. Oh no. <laughs> it was like <laughs> oh, no. it's like i oh, like tucker carlson are you calling me a white supremacist <laughs> Jeez, you have be- you've really become a libtard
1: haven't you <laughs> well if the jackboot fits right
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
3: i think that was a tactical miscalculation on your part
2: oh for sure it was i didn't know how bad the internet could be at that time <laughs>
3: Uh, So she has a history of saying crazy shit. Like, she advocates for immigration policies that would enforce white supremacy in America. And she's declared that America can never, ever be too white. (laughs) Seriously, bitch? (laughs) Okay. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. Fuck it. So in this shit show of a YouTube video, she says that white men in America are being subjected to forced multiculturalism. (laughs)
0: Ugh
3: now what she's referring to with that label is the changing altitude of race relations in america so when people bring up statistics that show that hiring a diverse group of workers is, actually makes the companies more profitable she's like oh we need to hire more white people more white people yes. not enough white people
2: <laughs> yeah and she also she says that uh white men are the majority in america which is objectively not true <laughs>
3: god what a stupid fucking bitch mm. so she goes on to say that europe already contained diversity with its fucking white majority because it had a variety of languages and cultural traditions among all the fucking white people <laughs>
1: I mean, that's 100 percent right, really, when you think about it, because the diversity that exists is is so everybody has different fingerprints. So, yeah, that yeah. right there, that's diversity, you know, like everybody sounds different with their voice. That's diversity. Different number of hairs on your head. All of these things. So, I mean, I don't know why we're we're, we're laughing at her.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody is really, really unique. It's almost like we're all like special uh snowflakes you know all (laughs) unique.
3: well there are a lot of good points being made here my opinion is starting to sway i gotta (laughs) say you guys really compelling stuff
2: Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it, it just kind of confuses me a little bit because she's like uh it didn't need to be about race because we lived in a homogeneous nation european diversity got stuff done what the fuck does she even mean by that? Yeah, see,
3: I'm not sure, because when she says that in her YouTube video, it was accompanied by shots of pilgrims and cowboys and covered wagons and shit. And, like, is she talking about Manifest Destiny and the Trail of Tears? Like, that's a good example of white people getting shit done, moving those brown <laughs> engines out of the white man's land.
2: Oh, yeah. When you watch the the video, she's, you know, it's very very produced and all that shit. Uh, But the videos that she's playing in the background are from like 1960s movies about like the West. So, Mm -hmm. of course, it's like, you know, covered wagons full of white people and shit like that. It, It just goes to show that these people think that America, like when they say make America great again or whatever, they're picturing those old fucking movies see i think
3: it's that or like the 1950s you know like one of the two
1: yeah yeah their their idea of the 1950s i mean to be fair the 1950s was the wild west just with electricity (laughs) true yeah
3: (laughs) in casseroles
1: yeah let's see exactly you know like poodle skirts that's the only difference
3: yeah Mm -hmm. yeah all the other conditions were the same
1: but think of the diversity for those poodle skirts. They come in pink. They come in pastels. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, really different colors, colors of poodles. You know, right? Exactly. <laughs> but you know what? It's not all about color. It's <laughs> not. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, she makes to...
3: that very clear. Yeah, she. Yes. Before the word diversity became the globalist political statement in European <laughs> nations. <laughs> before all that (laughs) happened it was just a word that meant (laughs) variety you know like difference in talent skill ability or or thought today it's all about melanin content your genitals and who you have sex with if you're a leftist of course that's a direct quote (laughs) yeah 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 uh
1: wow she is a winner
3: this is pretty bad yeah, I mean, seriously? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the word diversity meant like differences in skill, talent, ability, when it was all white people <laughs> primarily.
2: Like, well, okay, so uh, she's just talking about like the different meaning. Yeah, words mean different things in different contexts.
3: Well, okay, maybe she has a point when you're talking about like, you know, the, the Puritans who landed at Plymouth Rock, and there was like, you know, a few hundred of them. Mm-hmm. And they all came from the same place, and they were all white. So mm-hmm. Maybe she had a point then, but now it's so diverse with immigrants. And, of course, as we become more globally connected and more ability to travel, of course, we're going to have a lot of different immigrants from all over the freaking planet. Mm-hmm. And depending on what city you're in, white people are a huge minority. Like, go to freaking downtown Houston and tell me white people are the majority. Seriously? Right.
2: Yeah, well, anyway, so uh, later on in the video... She says that it's funny that people point out her, her clearly racist beliefs and, and say that she is obsessed with skin color when really she believes that, quote, race is more than skin color. <laughs> and she also claims that white men in America are discriminated against.
3: You know, it's funny. She keeps saying that, but I'm not entirely sure how. Like, she never really backs that up. She just bitches about, like, we have to take diversity classes.
2: Yeah. So. It seems to me like the, the, the gist of what she's saying in this article is that including minorities is discrimination against
1: white men.
3: Because they're not white.
1: Yes. Well, n- listen, and, and don't forget women, too, in this. Because <laughs> yeah. it's it's not just minorities. It's also women. Right, right. You know, uh, I, I was up for a job uh, not that long ago. And wouldn't you know it? a woman who was more qualified than me got that job. And that shouldn't... Happen. Oh, wait, no. no, so. Hold on, I just heard it. She, sorry, I, I take that back. She was more qualified than me. Oh,
3: <laughs> oh yeah, that that happens sometimes. <laughs> but still, uh, I can see how you were discriminated against there. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. But was she mm-hmm. a minority, yep. too? Uh, you know what? I don't even care. Uh, she was. <laughs> she, she was, was. but...
3: It oh, there it is. It because
1: remember it's more than skin color. <laughs> Not yet.
3: But she she was a minority and she was a woman. So that's like that's like double jeopardy right there. It's good stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, All right. Well, on that silly note, <laughs> you're ready to end this uh article.
3: Yeah, I think we've gotten everything we can out of this. This is just oh, seriously, white men are being discriminated against, really. I guess we missed the 300 years of slavery that white men had to go through, and you know, like Michael,
2: <laughs> Michael, they're just, they're never going to leave this subject alone. It's always going to be they're always going to be complaining about this shit.
3: I don't see how, like, eventually they just got to look at their own arguments. And guys, are are we really going with this? Like, seriously, because <laughs> like, this all we got?
1: Yeah, it's too late. Double down. We're already into it. <laughs>
3: that's, that's <what>
1: it <laughs> We'd be embarrassed if we backed out now. I mean, guys, yeah. like, yeah, we
3: would just... look stupid if we backpedal now.
1: I'm, I'm pretty sure, <laughs> like, that's the white supremacist model motto.
3: <laughs> We're in too deep. Uh,
1: I was gonna say the Republican <laughs> motto, but I decided to just step that back. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean,
3: <laughs> <sighs> all there right. We go. All right, let's, uh, let's get into the show. So we're going to go ahead and go to our regu- regularly scheduled show where, you know, me and Ryan torture you for a good hour or so with all our shenanigans and talking about where we win and what we did. And I think this week is the wrap up for our Car visit. And we're going to be talking about the scandals associated with the Car church mm-hmm. and what we turned up with our research so that's what we'll be talking about now if you want to subject yourself to that you can go ahead and listen to the whole episode or you can fast forward to the end where we're going to be interviewing kevin and letting him do most of the talking so you guys get a hell of a lot less of us and more of him
2: oh thank god yeah i suggest you guys do that
3: (laughs) all right we'll be back here in a sec let's go ahead and get to the rest of the show All right, so let's uh, talk about these scandals here. Yeah, <laughs> a lot just, of a lot of scandals surrounding this this church.
2: Yeah, just give us a little break from all that uh, rigorous theology. theology.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Not the word I would have used, but yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: So, um <laughs> I thought it would be a little bit more difficult to uh, come up with some scandals to talk about on this section. Yeah. But it turns out that I had to limit myself to one.
3: <laughs> right? Yeah. I think what it is, it's like, you know, they're like Scientology in the mm-hmm. sense that they have a bunch of scandals, but they don't have the money Scientology has, so they can't cover it up as well. Yeah, but they
2: do try to be just as litigious. Oh, yeah.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So let's just start with a basic one. I'm going to open this up. So apparently... Shortly after Harold Kemp assumed authority of the Eck religion, sector, cult, whatever it is, a religious studies scholar named David Christopher Lane accused Twitchell of having falsified a bunch of the information about where Eck came from. The origins, right? I don't be fucking surprised. I know, right? (laughs) So, you know, after some time, you know, after some back and forth, uh, Kemp finally acknowledged that, yeah, Lane was kind of right about some of his yeah. <laughs> accusations, but asserted that the essential truth of the Eck was unaffected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. So let's talk about David Lane uh, a little bit more. So he is a professor of sociology. He's he's pretty young. I think he's only like mid 40s now oh wow yeah. yeah but uh he's a professor of sociology at uh, mount san antonio college in california and he writes about cults and spiritual movements either criticizing them like with ekankar Sai-, Sai Baba. Um, oh
3: you might need to do that one yeah, in the future yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i've never heard of this one Adida. Ooh, that might be fun. Have you heard of that? <laughs> no, I haven't. I'm excited. Adida. It sounds so stupid. And the movement of spiritual inner-awakenedness. Or he's been promoting it, like with uh, Surat Shabd Yoga. I haven't heard
3: of any of these. This, this yeah. is awesome. So one thing that we uh, we did when we were kind of trying to research, like, what do we do next? Like, you know, we happened to stumble upon the Car Church, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we were doing a Google search to see what was around us. And uh, we already have something else planned for our next episode. We're not going to spoil it yet, but we're like, you know, there's kind of a problem with the way we do our podcasts is that eventually we run out of religions. <laughs> but it turns out we're wrong because yeah. we found a website, and it was basically a website that catalogs all the cults in the U.S., mm-hmm. and there are a lot of them.
2: Yeah, so it's a it's more of a factor of, like, choosing... Uh, which ones will not kill us. <laughs>
3: For the most part, yeah. yeah. <laughs> For the most part. But yeah, uh, yeah I actually kind of want to look some of these up on that webpage and like mm-hmm. learn a little more about them, see if they'd be worth a
2: visit. I've heard the, the scathing guys talk about Saitha Saibaba. Yeah? I, I don't know what, I don't remember what it is. But yeah, he, he is a fan of the Surat Shabd Yoga. Okay. He is a very credentialed guy. He has a PhD and an MA in Sociology of Knowledge from the University of California, San Diego okay. and another MA in History of Religion from Berkeley Wasted degree It seems very specific though, Sociology of Knowledge
3: Yeah, I know, that's, right? Like, that's why I chuckled I was like,
2: cool bro What, but, what kind
3: of job are you going to get with that? Well, obviously, <laughs> taking, down, taking
2: down cults Obviously, I guess, um, I
3: mean, you know all the money in, <laughs> like in the, so much money in that job field Oh yeah,
2: we'll see where that money goes right? <laughs> um, So he's, he's a religious guy he's uh he was raised catholic but then he got into spiritualist bullshit when he was about 16 and he joined a group that michael's mentioned called radha sant mat mm-hmm. uh which he which, by
3: the way that's the religious order that ekhan kar originated yes. uh-huh. from so i didn't know he was a part of that that's interesting. he was yes
2: and he later had a falling out with them though so he has a very dangerous job uh taking down <laughs> these cults right um, and according well, to him,
3: litigiously anyway. No,
2: not just really? that. Yeah, according to him, uh, members of various cults have threatened lawsuits. There you go. Oh, wow. Also, uh, written letters with <laughs> skeletons on them, broken into <laughs> his apartment, and made death threats and generally harassed him.
3: It sounds like you know those people who speak out against Scientology. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the fair game policy. Yeah, that's basically what that is. Yeah,
2: explain what that is.
3: So basically, the Scientologists have. I think it's actually a written doctrine that, if I'm not mistaken, L. Ron Hubbard actually wrote before he died. And basically what it says, it's called fair game. And it says that any SP, and that means suppressive persons, or anybody who really speaks out against Scientology in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, like us. Yeah, like us. (laughs) But I think, honestly, for fair game policy, it has to be people who matter. Like, I don't think we'd fall under that (laughs) umbrella. but
2: Definitely not. um,
3: Yeah, no. So, like... Uh, Leah Remini is mm-hmm. a big one who's, who's definitely – she's been getting harassed a lot because yep. of the fair game policy. Basically what it says is that once someone speaks out against a Scientology or becomes an SP that the people within the organization of Scientology can do whatever they think is necessary to just shut this person up. Mm-hmm. And they actually have like a council or a committee that is in charge of harassing people so they'll like yeah I know it's fucking it's messed up it's awesome they'll do everything from like send practitioners to their house to like give them death threats and you know Threats of sexual violence and be like you're a fucking asshole. Yeah, you know, since you know, it's a committee, you
2: know, I kind of imagine them like going up to their door, knocking politely, and handing them a letter <laughs> like the said, Jehovah Witnesses. <laughs> You've been served,
3: right? You've been served. <laughs> or like you know, like the jehovah's Witnesses, they knock on the door, like, "Hi, I want to talk to you about how I'm going to sexually harass you today." <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> fucking, like but they also do stuff like. You know, make websites about these people, Mm -hmm. like defamation websites, and they're like, oh, they're gay. I I believe they actually buy
2: prostitutes. They uh, buy websites that could easily be mistaken for legitimate websites. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
3: They spend a lot of money to hire people to create these websites to give them, like, an air of legitimacy, Mm -hmm. even though they're completely fucking made up. Like, these people will say anything to get other people to think that they're monsters. Yeah. It doesn't even have to be true. They don't give a fuck if it's true, in fact. It's better if it's false, actually. mm -hmm.
2: So this is a quote from Chris Lane. Buying a used car, you at least look under the hood or hit the tires, maybe take it to a mechanic to check it out. But in buying a religion, you're supposed to wear these narrow blinders so that if anybody disagrees, you can basically block it out. Check out your brain at the door when you join a religion. Yeah,
3: yeah, he's not that far (laughs) off. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, he's pretty close.
2: As he goes into his fucking yoga thing <laughs> yeah <right. laughs> um so when he was 20 he noticed that this new movement called ekankar uh their texts were strikingly similar to uh Radhaswami texts.
3: text oh, see that's yeah. why he got involved because mm-hmm. he's like oh this is this is like sort of what i'm doing
2: uh, no, so he he had uh I believe at that point he had already left Radaswamy, but he noticed that this uh ekankar movement was gaining steam. It was yeah, gaining okay, members, so, so, so it,
3: kinda okay, that... so what's going on in my brain basically? When I was reading through this like Ekonkar stuff, mm-hmm. I couldn't help but remember something that I'd learned about a long time ago. For those of you who know anything about the martial arts world, I used to study uh Bujinkan ninjutsu. And, you know, it's, it's an interesting style. I wouldn't trust it to save my life in a you know life or death situation, but it was fun. I, I remember it was like really different from what I'd done before, so I enjoyed doing it. And my buddy who I was training with at the time told me about this guy named Stephen K. Hayes. Now, for those of you who don't know anything about him, he's basically like the first American ninja,
0: right? Yeah.
3: <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, he actually made movies. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he was a movie star for a while. Hmm. And it's so funny because I remember hearing about this guy and I remember people were like, oh, this guy, Stephen K. Hayes, he's amazing, right? I watched one of his movies. He's fucking horrible. (laughs) He's In his movie, he gets beat up. (laughs) In his movie by none other than rednecks. They kick the shit out of him. (laughs) He's like in this scene, right? So I forget
2: what the movie got a pretty mouth now. Yeah,
3: right. Like like I forget what the movie's called or what it was about, but basically he's like trying to protect this, you know, delicate young Southern belle, and these, you know, rough and tough rednecks come over there, and there's like three of them, and of course he gets in like his ninja position, and they just kick the shit out of him. Oh my god! And for some reason, the girl he was protecting was like, "Wow, you were really impressive. I want you to teach me that." <laughs> it's like, you want to learn how to get the shit kicked out of you? Like, why would you want to learn that? Hell yeah. But the funniest part is, he's still teaching. He has an organization here in the US, and he's like basically crowned himself Supreme King Emperor Ninja or whatever.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And I love it because he dresses Shogun. like... a <laughs> yeah, Shogun, right? And I love it because he dresses like a fucking Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, like look, look at this shit. Hold on. We pull up an image of him. So so, look at this guy. Look at, look at how he dresses. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, so he looks like... uh, What's that guy? Bill Murray. He looks yes,
3: like... He looks like Bill Murray as a ninja. He as like, a ninja Power Ranger.
2: Yeah, Bill Murray dressed up in like a Thanos-themed ninja suit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, the reason I'm bringing up Stephen K. Hayes is because there's a funny little story associated with him. So... Like I said, I used to train in an organization called Bujinkan. Now, the organization is Japanese, and the guy who heads it is a Japanese master. But Stephen K. Hayes used to actually be a part of that organization. Mm-hmm. Way, way back in like 70s and 80s, he was one of the first Americans to ever be a part of that organization. And, you know, he used to fucking, like, you know, run his mouth off and just make shit up about, you know, all the stuff he'd learned. Mm-hmm. Because in the U.S., I don't know, maybe he wanted more pussy or something. he just, like, you know, tell people whatever he thought would make them impressed, you know? And for a long time, the Japanese master who headed the organization kind of put up with him. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like, well, I mean, he kind of gets our name out there in the U.S. Because other than that, we really have no contact with the <laughs> states So... You know, he is a pain in the ass, but he's helping us out, so we'll we'll put up with his jackassery. And finally, one day, he just you know fucking it was it, okay. So it was a lot of things that eventually led up to him being dispelled from the organization. But the thing that kind of you know the, the piece of straw that broke the monkey's back
2: was that's an odd phrase. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
3: but it was uh, Stephen Gay Hayes talked to a very famous. Uh, magazine within the martial arts world it's called Black Belt Magazine I don't know if you've heard of it but if you you are in the martial arts world you've probably heard of this Black Belt Magazine he did an interview and he basically said like oh yeah I went to Japan and the master gave me the secret training and assassination and stuff (laughs) (laughs) and the master was like we had tea <laughs> like, we had tea and talked oh there was no secret training this, this yep. guy's full well, maybe, of shit
2: maybe he 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 saw uh what's that movie the karate kid and right like, you know this this tea exercise sure is great right like drink tea
3: put cup down drink tea oh, yeah. get so good at this <laughs> oh yeah i can see all the assassination potential in this tea technique Dip the tea bag, pull it out, mm, yes, yeah, so finally the the head of the organization just kicked him out. Now he has his own fucking organization out here in the U S but it's so funny when you read these scandals, especially with like Paul Twitchell mm-hmm. and the guy who trained him and then he's like, Oh no, you're not my teacher. These dead guys are my teacher. Yeah. These made up dead guys are my teacher. I've
2: never, ever even heard of that organization. Exactly.
3: It's, it, it's so reminiscent of this kind of bullshit that happens mm-hmm. in the industry I used to work in where, you know, this guy like gets all this fucking decades of training, right? From a master in this Particular In discipline, and then he goes, drinking tea. "Fuck you!" <laughs> he's like, "No, I learned this all by myself. I have my own organization. I do things my own way." And you, yeah, Paul Twitchell, did the same fucking thing.
2: And it's like when you're when you're a kid and you're like. Uh, I don't know, making something out of play doh or something like that, and your brother makes something that's so much cooler than yours. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so you steal it, and you're like, "Look what I made!
3: Look what I got!" Or no, you steal it, but then you like make some tweaks so that you know it looks a little different, but it's the same thing.
2: Yeah, or actually, that reminds me of an even more uh, appropriate example: is that anytime you write a report in the army and you are under. E5 so you're not a sergeant. Yeah. Your work will get stolen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your name will be stripped off and their name will be put, put in its place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um Chris Lane he, he when he was studying the the similarities between Twitchell's work and the Rudra texts he noticed that Twitchell had copied entire chapters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um
3: fucking lazy ass too like yeah, seriously yeah, like,
2: entire chapters you know, it, it even like he uh compared like the grammar yeah. and shit like that and he had copied the exact punctuation and <laughs> and grammatical wow. errors and spelling errors and wow. all that shit yeah so he decides to dig deeper and he discovers yes Twitchell is a big fat phony
3: He's a (laughs) phony.
2: Yeah, so he even (laughs) tracks down his ex-wife and interviews her. Yeah. And I couldn't find any transcript of the interview or anything like that. Apparently, it was in this undergrad paper that he's about to write. But the important thing about that is that nobody knew that he had an ex-wife.
0: He had covered Whoa. it up.
2: Yeah, he, he, he was, oh, he was working on his second wife. Oh, baby. <laughs> yeah, so he writes his undergrad term paper on Ekin Kar. So
3: wait, is that like that, that whole thing that happened with Tom Cruise? You know, with like mm. the Scientology thing? Probably. It's, it's so basically, for those of you who don't know, I think it was after Katie Holmes. You know, they got divorced. Mm-hmm. And then Tom Cruise, I guess maybe in passing or maybe it was a direct request. I don't remember. But apparently the head of the Scientology organization heard that, you know, Tom Cruise was looking for a new girl. Mm -hmm. So he literally used Scientology resources to find a girl he thought fucking Tom Cruise would be attracted Mm -hmm. to. And they ended up finding this girl in some podunk-ass town uh, working at a Scientology center. And they actually, you know, found her. And then put her on a jet and flew her out to California, gave her a makeover, paid for, like, hundreds and hundreds of dollars of, like, hair extensions, dyeing, you know, paid for the best stylist, just to give her a makeover. Mm -hmm. And then they dropped her off at fucking Tom Cruise's hotel room. (laughs) Wow. And then they dated for a while. And then Tom Cruise was like, eh not really into it anymore so they got rid of her
2: <laughs> they, yeah they sent her right back yeah
3: they exactly they pulled her out and put her right back in her old job mm-hmm. in some podunk gas town where they found her
2: yeah so sounds like that yeah so he writes his uh, undergrad term paper on Eck and car and he decides to send it to them you know out of courtesy maybe right see yeah. if see if he made any glaring errors sure so, yeah. see if he could get some constructive criticism <laughs> so michael they're
3: really into giving constructive criticism so michael if
2: if, if you were in Eckenkar's situation. You received this paper criticizing you. What would be your response if you've done nothing wrong?
3: Well, you know, you just say, hey, maybe you made some, you know, factual errors yeah, here like, and there. But I, I it's fine. don't think you're Publish giving, us, yeah, exactly. think you're giving us a fair it. shake. Yeah, well, they sue him. <laughs> <laughs> they, they
2: threatened to sue him. Let and I guess it's
3: for, like, defamation? Yeah. And, yep. <laughs> and
2: keep in mind, he's 20 years old right now. Wow. <laughs> they threatened to sue him.
3: Wow,
2: it's you know, you see, you know you're
3: full of shit mm-hmm. when you're threatened by a twenty-year-old's
2: term oh, paper. But hey, it gets worse. Oh it gets God. worse. So uh, he had a classmate named James Prebes who was also he was in Ekencar, Um oh and he decided to write that same term paper on Eckenkar as well. But it claimed things like tax irregularities and personal misconduct from uh, Twitchell, the leader. Yeah. And he sent it to Professor Ed Gruss, who was at a Baptist university in, in California. And they threatened to sue uh, Professor Gruss for $2.5 million. Jesus, yeah. what the fuck? If, if, he, if he published it. Yeah, so Lane, uh, he was approached by a, a small publisher after he... Turned in this this paper, and it caused a little bit of buzz, and he actually ended up selling out the first printing of his book, and it's called The Making of a Spiritual Movement, and it's just an adaptation of his term paper. Gotcha. And it causes members to leave Ekankar in good. large numbers. Yeah. Fucking good. Yeah, so it caused so much trouble for them that they actually ended up setting up a meeting with him. <laughs> So mm-hmm. as it gains more popularity, it gets republished with a, a bigger publishing company, mm-hmm. and they threaten to sue him yet again. again obviously, right. so sue your problems so, away. <laughs> so what do you do if you if you you're threatening to sue them and nothing's working? What do you do next? Well, you what, try what to kill them. Well, that's one thing but <laughs> what they did to lane is they actually integrated him into their theology
3: oh okay well, I, gonna, I guess I, I go to a dark place
2: <laughs> they integrated him into their theology as a devil or an antichrist figure <laughs> it was predicted from the beginning of time
3: i did read that oh yeah. my god i did read that
2: so yeah. uh lane is one of their antichrist figures which oh is my god fucking awesome
0: that's so um, funny. So
2: Lane went on to investigate Twitchell's real past because uh, he had this whole mythology. Like he was born on a, on the Mississippi River and, and there was an earthquake when he was born that caused the formation Wait, of the river
3: Wait, they Lake. made a mythology around his life? Yes. World. Yes, that's they did. That's awesome. Yeah, so, oh, that's amazing. Yeah, so he
2: wanted to uh, get the real history. And apparently he was born in a city called Paducah or Paducah.
3: Wait around uh, Lane or Twitchell
2: Twitchell's past this is Twitchell's Oh
3: past. so it's like a made up savior's history yeah. not an antichrist history. Yeah
2: it's a it's a hagiography of Twitchell
3: Ah, oh, see, I would have liked, like, the Antichrist history of Lane. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like they I, I made bet up it's things, out there. I bet it's like, out you there. Know, you know, they they were like, oh, yeah, when he was born, like, hundreds of people just spontaneously died.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, that's another thing, too. Um, <laughs> AIDS
3: was introduced into the world. Yeah.
2: Lane said mm. that he mm. gets a lot of encouragement whenever he speaks out about Ekenkar because he mm. gets a lot of letters from them accusing him of being Satan. <laughs> 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 if they're make if he's making them that mad then yeah. he must be doing something right exactly but yeah so Twitchell was born in paddocka kentucky in the mm-hmm. early 20th century and he was a writer and a journalist and he joined the navy in the 1940s he joined a religious group called the self-revelation church of absolute monism
3: whoa 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 whoa! hold on so wait the vargy <laughs> monks weren't real no fucking shocker Mm -mm. i am i am stunned
2: yeah so this is a system of yoga founded by a guy who called himself swami primananda (laughs) (laughs) swami primananda Primananda. Uh, he was kicked out for personal misconduct and uh, (laughs) surely unrelated his wife left him (laughs) Uh,
3: yeah right Definitely no like rape of young girls or hot twenty year old women. No, uh, no.
2: There's yeah, nothing like that. But he's his, above his, that. his wife just decided to leave him for uh, whatever reason. You know what?
3: It was he wasn't a good listener. That's uh, what it was. That's
2: probably what it was.
3: It was communication. See that's the thing that people don't understand. You know, all those Catholic priests who rape children and their wives leave them, it's not because they rape children, it's because they're not good communicators, you know. <laughs> Number one killer of relationships is lack of communication.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so Twitchell then joins the radha Swami movement, and it had a very similar uh, theology to Eckankar. He split with them after eight years, though, and he denied having any involvement with. Of them. course, he yeah, did. of course.
3: It's exactly like fucking Stephen Hayes. Yep, yep, oh yep. my god!
2: So after that, he joined the church of scientology exactly, yeah that's yeah. why
3: the, the search results are so closely mm-hmm. related yep. right
2: yeah he, so he was a staff member with the church of scientology of and he, he also denied that afterwards as well, <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> well i can understand that one that uh-huh. one makes sense right mm-hmm.
2: so after marrying his second wife he moved to california where <laughs> he claimed to have met a 500 year old tibetan monk named ribzartars
3: it's Rabazar.
2: (laughs) (laughs) so uh like we said earlier rabazar is not a tibetan name it is a spanish word and it is also the name of a street close to where he lived and so this is the religious superpowers that he claimed for himself are you that's
3: the thing you would you would have guessed if he chose the name rabazar he would have been like oh it's an ancient aztec priest Mm -hmm. right like that's what i would have gone with yeah. But he's like, nope, he's to <laughs> bed and he lives in the Hindu Kush. <laughs>
2: yeah, so his, his religious superpowers that he claimed for oh, himself. Oh, he has superpowers. Yes, oh, this is yes. awesome. Let's hear this. So, number one, he has a piercing gaze with piercing blue eyes. A piercing
3: gaze. That's not a superpower. Sure it is. Wait, so so does his gaze like kill people, like piercing like through their body? I, I think it's season to their. Soul. Is it like X-ray? It's
2: season to their soul.
3: So it's like soul X-ray vision. Yes, yes, yes. Well, that's no fun because you can't see titties.
2: Spiritual titties. Spiritual titties. <laughs> but, um, so he he can also only sleep. For four hours a night.
3: Wait, he can o- thats not a superpower. That's a super detriment. <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> that's, that's a he problem. only gets four hours. <laughs> super insomnia. Exactly. Like <laughs> and he can read five thousand words a minute, so he only has to eat a little. And oh, is he one of those
3: sun eater guys? No,
2: no, no. It's just oh, okay. that he doesn't need earthly sustenance.
3: So he is one of those sun eater guys. Not not
2: in the same movement, obviously. Well,
3: I mean, it's the same thing. And
2: here's the kicker, Michael: he has the ability to be in all places at all times, like God, like God. Wow, that's not even subtle. Come (laughs) on, and that one seems to stick out a little bit, like the other. (laughs) Exactly.
3: So I think, so let me let me tie this into the theology. I think that's why they say there's like the physical body Mm -hmm. of the living Eckmaster. That's Paul. And then you have the Mahanta, mm-hmm. which is the inner aspect of Paul. Sure. So, like, you know, you got Paul's physical body, and then you have the Freddy Cougar version of Paul that can enter your dreams. Because mm-hmm. in the theology, the Mahanta can be all places at once. So if you're dreaming, and you're like, Mahanta, I need help, He just a fucking, he appears.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: So he's just gifted this superpower, I guess. Or... Yeah,
2: whatever. <laughs> He's um, an
3: Inception agent. That's what it is. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Freddy. Yeah.
2: So um, I didn't get any information on uh, Darwin Gross, who is the leader after Twitchell.
3: Yeah, I got a little information on him that just kind of comes to mind. So Darwin Gross is like, yeah. I think for a lot of- Is he of, Gross? Huh? Is he Gross? Well, for a lot of Econcarus, they're like, he's the guy they want to forget. You know, (laughs) like, like he was that, that black stain on the religion kind of Mm -hmm. deal because... So
2: so he's the Nazi Pope of... (laughs) Yeah, yeah.
3: So like, I think he came to religion and I don't know exactly what happened. I I heard mixed things when I was doing my research, but basically uh, you have this guy, Darwin Gross, come in. He's not in for very long. Like almost immediately he's replaced by Harold Kemp.
2: Yeah, it was like he... Rose to power in, like, 71, and he was out by, like, 72. Exactly.
3: It was, like, a year, and he was fucking gone. So so. something happened there. Maybe he was questioning. Maybe he was, like, did fucking Paul make all this up? You know? (laughs) Something was going on there, and they kicked his ass out immediately. And I think that's why... I happen to stumble across this guy's book. I don't know if this guy has any credentials or any, Probably you know, not. I assume Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know if this guy's. Credi-
2: credentials, yes. Has,
3: well, I mean, any credibility is what I mean. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's, like, a credible source or not. But in my book that I read here, I, d- I don't remember the guy's name. I'm not going to mention the book because I could get it wrong. But apparently Darwin was one of his sources that he mm-hmm. used for this book. So it could have been that Darwin was, you know, looking around at what was going on and going, eh. This seems a little...
2: Dude, I'm sketched out. Yeah,
3: exactly. Like pyramid, schemey, culty, kind of, you know, Mm -hmm. I I don't want to be a part of this. And he started talking to outside sources and kind of, you know, shelling out the dirt. And then that's why they kicked him out. I don't know if that's true, but it seems like from my research, what I found... That could be a possibility. Okay. You know?
2: Sure, but uh, it's not like he got out and he immediately became one of the four horsemen of the... Right, American yeah, exactly. Because right. uh, Of the, course they got to demonize yeah, him. Yeah, so the only description that I got of him is that he was an amiable man who was a, ta- a talented vibraphonist.
3: <laughs> what a detail. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, and he died in 2008. Yeah, I did hear. So that. Uh, the way that Klemp operated, though, he demanded strict obedience, and this is taken directly from a, a testimonial of an ex ex eccist. Ex, ex-est. ex, ex-est. <laughs> ex yeah. yeah. So this guy's name the, the ex eccist. Ex eccist. Ex eccist. Ex, ex, <laughs> uh, now who
3: can't fucking read? Samples <laughs> of turn his,
2: motherfucker. His name is Mister S- Mister Sykes, and. Yeah says in one way or another, he was asked to regularly repeat his membership vow to Mr. Clemp from 1981 to the end of his membership in June 1993.
3: Dude, that's some cult shit right there. Oh, like, it gets oh worse. It gets worse.
2: It gets worse. So these acts of obedience were required in the annual membership form, a two or three year initiation ceremony at monthly discussion meetings, at seminar workshops, and in visualization exercises the members were asked to undertake every day. The visual... That just
3: sounds like regular ek.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, he's he's describing his experience. Oh, okay. Yeah, so the visualization exercises consisted cheaply of a member visualizing Mr. Klemp in his imagination as being with the member.
3: Oh, baby. A... Yeah. Oh, mm. mm, yeah,
2: I mean, How many times do you think that actually worked for Mr. <laughs> <laughs> like,
3: Well, I mean, I wonder like, how you d- it was. You don't have
2: to imagine me, baby.
3: Like, imagine, imagine he, like, walked out of there, you know, he's like... In a robe, mm-hmm. and then you know, he walks, he fucking tears the robe off. He's naked, he's like, Imagine me! <laughs> I'm like, I want to yeah. be
2: in your dreams. Uh, this, this is a wet dream, exactly. Um,
3: so, I'm gonna take over your
2: dreams. So, um, God. on occasion, the member had the experience common among members of the cult of seeing Mr. Clamp in his home or car as if Mr. Clamp was actually with him. He probably was, I don't know.
3: <laughs> that That's not a dream, that's uh, you know, that moment of lucidity when you're on roofies and you're Mm -hmm. like where am i oh fuck Mm -hmm. mr Klimp is in my car why is he in my car and then you roofie out again so
2: it gets better um (laughs) on these occasions mr Klimp engaged in mind-to-mind communication with mr sykes this was a common experience with many members of the cult
3: so wait, was that like the horse story?
2: Yes, 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 <laughs> it was. The horse, yeah, okay. That's exactly what it was, yeah.
3: So what did, wait, I'm curious, what did Clemp what did appear as? Because the horse was a person, so what was Clemp?
2: Probably a naked old man. <laughs> That's what I would guess. With a
3: soggy penis.
2: <laughs> Probably. <laughs> So the effects of these uh, agreements and activities was to induce the member to have a loss of independent will.
3: That sounds a lot like fucking Charles Manson.
2: Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's what yeah, I was thinking of when exactly. I read this.
3: Because like, you know, I don't know if our listeners necessarily know this, but one of the things Charles Manson would do to people when he initiated them into his little group was to uh, rape all the males in front of everybody.
2: Not just the males.
3: Well, yeah, well, everybody, but particularly he would take a lot of time with the males because it would strip them of their pride mm-hmm. and he had a saying it was like you know something along the lines of you know a man without his pride is is malleable mm-hmm. you know you could make him into whatever you want and that's really what he did mm-hmm. you know yep. he would strip these people of their pride and then recreate their identity around what he wanted them to be
2: yeah it's kind of like how the military works <laughs>
3: I guess that's where you guys pointers from. He's like, you know, fucking watching those military recruitment videos, taking notes. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Oh, that's good. Oh, I didn't think of that.
2: Yeah. So the ultimate goal is to induce a loss of independent will, which they do it in a mm, more... Gentle way without the, without the anal rape. Hopefully,
3: well, I mean, I don't know. I haven't <laughs> I, mean, I haven't okay, been in so part of the I haven't been on the inside. Let's so I don't not know. get
2: sued, Michael. <laughs> so <laughs> well, um... no, we
3: haven't said that they anal rape anally rape people. We said, do they anally rape people?
2: <laughs> we're just it's asking a question. questions. Yeah, we're asking
3: questions. Yeah.
2: What happened to freedom of speech?
3: You know, we want to have a debate. <laughs> yeah. It's an exchange of ideas. Yeah, get me
2: on Dave Rubin. Right. <laughs> um, although uh the member found that he did not actually benefit from membership, he felt he simply could not leave the cult. It was if as if he was frozen. And he therefore stayed a member until 1993, and he, he, he continued to pay membership fees and make other donations.
3: Well, that's what they want. That's I exactly mean, what like, they yeah, want. Yeah, that, that's exactly the whole point yeah, they of want this. They want
2: numbers, and they want uh, fidelity, and they want money.
3: Exactly, which is so funny, because if you guys remember, way back in episode one of this series, they talked about, like, oh, our teachings don't prey upon people's fears and emotions. <laughs> The fuck they don't
2: yeah, find me a religion that does
3: well that's the thing that's what keeps the money fucking coming mm-hmm. oh you have trauma in your past you have things you want to forget well, we can do that for you for 1998 a month <laughs> like you know like
2: wow that's cheap michael well
3: no i meant 1998 <laughs> yeah, like, there you go yeah 10 exactly, 10% yeah. of your income 10 yeah. percent of your right that's a lot of income but <laughs> <laughs> um, I wish. But they were talking about that, like, that's exactly what they said. They're like, oh, we don't prey upon those things. Yes, you do. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. This person felt like they couldn't leave, they were frozen in place. I wonder how that happens if you're not preying upon their emotions and their yeah. fears. So, so,
2: why did he feel like he couldn't leave? Was it maybe like. He would be threats? lynched? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like,
3: would he be killed?
2: Yeah, and they do have the same kind of suppressive persons program as the Scientologists. Like
3: free play yeah. or fair play?
2: Fair play, yeah. And yeah. Uh, it, it's basically the same fair thing that game, happens. Rather. Yeah. Uh, the the most dangerous game but it's basically the same thing that happened to lane like they would yeah. he would be harassed uh, he becomes the
3: antichrist <laughs> yeah oh my god i
2: don't know you have to be on a certain level for
3: that right I mean. like you have to get some notoriety so so maybe he's like one of the lesser demons yeah. you know <laughs> like he's like bail <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my god these fucking people are despicable mm-hmm. like seriously and i mean you wouldn't think it going into these meetings because it's like a therapy group well you know know,
2: it's probably like most cults i would assume yeah like the individual members aren't the problem
3: yeah well i mean they put on like a good front you know because that's how they get recruits Mm -hmm. you know you can't you can't tell people out the gate that you're a cult you know you have to get them paying membership dues and then you tell them they're a cult i
2: don't know if you refer to yourself as a cult then you might have other issues
3: (laughs) (laughs) right yeah you might have some legal problems but, you know, okay, so so to give you an example, I attended Texas A&M.
2: Oh, so, great. So, Here we you go probably again. know where this Another is going. Thing for the bingo card.
3: So, okay, Ryan doesn't get it, but other people may understand if you've been to Texas A&M, they call it a cult for a reason. Mm-hmm. So, kind of like a cult, they have those, um, what do you call them, like, not shock uh like choke chain responses, where they go like, you know, class of 2018, whoop! And everybody does the thing, you know? The fuck? They all do a thing, yeah. And it's, it's so, you're trained from the moment you get in there. And they're like, okay, if you're a freshman, you do this. If you're a fucking sophomore, you do this. And mm-hmm. if you're, and they, they have a different action for each one. That's retarded. And they're like, I forget what the command is. It's been so long since I've been there. But they give you a command and you're supposed to do your thing. Mm-hmm. So if you're a, you're a freshman, you go like, hey, <laughs> or whatever the thing is. And if you're a, a senior, you go, whoop. And it, it, they're conditioning you kind of from the beginning. And I was what was called a one percenter. It was the person who didn't go to every football game and pay $300 for the football game pass oh. a, a semester. Per semester! Oh my God. And the person who wasn't, like, you know, doing all of the traditions, all of the fucking time, because there's like a billion of them you got to remember and if you don't remember them people are like well why aren't you doing the thing what why are you not putting the penny near the statue that's weird yeah (laughs) there was there's a statue in the middle of campus and before tests, you were supposed to put a penny near its foot, and mm-hmm. that was good luck. Okay, whatever. Yeah, I was. I was all like, "That's stupid." I want. I want to take all the pennies. I I'm would, poor. I would rather. Have I need those. Yeah, exactly. I need those pennies. You know. You know how much ramen those pennies bought me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, so meanwhile, at my school. Uh, Like okay, so my dad's university was University of New Mexico, and their uh, mascot was the Lobos. Yeah. My mascot is the Roadrunner.
3: Yeah, yeah. The little
2: hand sign is the same for both. (laughs)
3: Yeah, (laughs) it's actually the same for Texas A and M Corpus Christi. Although they, I remember when I took the orientation, they're like, "We're not the Roadrunners, okay? This is the Runners. We turn it upside down. It's a Shaka."
2: What? A Shaka? What the fuck is a Shaka?
3: Shaka. It's uh, like an Islander thing. Like from Hawaii. Oh, okay. Shaka.
2: Yeah, so the only difference between uh, – It's the same
3: hand sign. They just yeah. turn it.
2: So the difference between UTSA and uh, UNM though is instead of a like a little roadrunner sign, you just kind of uh, put your
3: you – know, <laughs> You give it a beak. Yeah, you give,
2: you give it a little beak and therefore it is a Lobo and that's the difference. Go. So that's our, our pride shit like yeah. <laughs> compared to A&M.
3: Well, that's the thing. It really is. It can be a cult. Mm-hmm. It can be but i'm I think it's because I transferred in honestly I didn't take their their yeah. freshman thing. I was at a and m Corpus Christi for my first year, and I went to that freshman orientation, mm-hmm. not the you know the big one with all the you know coldie stuff yes
2: yeah, so i I transferred into u t s a as well and yeah. I'm kind of glad that I did because they actually have two mandatory freshman orientation classes
3: so you know how you have the great schism right with christianity yes and for those of you who don't know that's kind of where you get it's
2: in 1066 i believe
3: exactly yeah Yeah. it was it was a long long time ago 1066 you had this division between what is now known as the roman catholic church and the greek orthodox church and there was this like great division where they just couldn't agree on a lot of shit so you you essentially got two different churches they got a divorce yeah exactly I guess Jesus is the kid in that equation. I don't know the split custody. Yeah, <laughs> I don't. I don't know how that worked, but um, apparently something similar happened in ekankar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was reading their holy text, I, I mentioned this at, in part one. I couldn't get through it. I fucking I couldn't do it. But one of the things that stuck out to me was the terminology in the book. Mm-hmm. It didn't make any sense. No shit. Well, no, no, no. Like, like it didn't say Ekonkar. It said. Vardankar. Hmm. It was totally different thing and I, I, I couldn't fucking understand it. And then I read the second introduction uh-huh. written by Alan Fieldman. Now let me just go ahead and read this so you can understand what happened. When Paul Twitchell brought out these ancient teachings in 1865, he gave them the name Ekankar. The highest path has had many different names and many different masters. The path of out-of-body soul travel has always been the most direct path back to God, or hooray, he calls him hooray instead of Sugmod, right? Cool. But only when led by one who holds the rod of Varden. <laughs> God, it's like the rod of
2: Varden. Yeah, only sounds he like
3: it sounds like a weapon you get on fucking World of Warcraft or like Skyrim yeah, or yeah, something. You know,
2: I was thinking of like it, it gives you the power of Grayskull. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you get the power of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but only when led by one who holds the rod of Varden power is appointed by the order of Botron, <laughs> which, Botron. Botron which in Paul's time was called the order of Va- Vargi.
2: So Botron, if you don't know, is a uh, Megatron's redneck cousin. Right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> Botron just turns into a shrimpin' boat. <laughs> You know, Megatron's like a tank, right? (laughs) You're going to want me when you're looking for some scrimps. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, you know, Megatron just cut all ties with Botron.
2: Either a shrimp boat or a combine.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Or a tractor. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Uh, So he goes on to say, Unfortunately, when Paul translated in 1971... When he died,
0: <laughs>
3: there was no one to hold the rod of power to who could take over for him publicly. So basically he's talking about like, you know, when Paul Twitchell died, he never appointed a successor.
2: Uh-oh.
3: Yeah, right? exactly. Like Mormon problem, like we said in part
2: mm-hmm. one. Or the ice lamp problem.
3: Exactly. So so basically you got like a church without a leader, right? Yes. So let, let's kind of keep reading through and see, see what the solution is. Paul had made a list of four members, but never actually picked a successor. okay, so there's four people. He was like, "You're pretty good. You might, you might, you know, be able to take up my responsibility, fill my shoes when I die." Right? He could not because no one was ready to take the twelfth initiation yet. <laughs> so when Paul translated in 19, <laughs> I love that translated. Yeah. It reminds me of fucking uh, uh, Hubbard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, because when he died, they didn't say he died. You know what they fucking said? Mm, I forget. They basically said that, like, oh, you know, uh, Hubbard has, you know, let go of his physical body uh, yeah. and gone on to the heavenly planes to continue his research. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Oh, <yeah>. That's great.
3: <laughs> Unfortunately, when Paul translated in 1971, there was no one to hold the rod of power to who could take over for him publicly. The rod of power was passed to... Guess who? Rabazar! <gasps> Duh! Of course Rabazar would get it. Of course. Rabazar Tars inherited the torch after Paul died. Makes sense. And it was a sad day for many Ekkahs to see their once high path reduced to an offshoot path. Oh my god! <laughs> like it wasn't already an offshoot. <laughs> I like how they were. Well, that. he was
2: never part of that organization.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Frankly, most did not know what happened. Some tried to follow Rabazar, but had little or no access to him, except in the Inner Plains, because he didn't exist. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. that's a real fucking roadblock when your religious leader doesn't exist in this world.
2: It's a common problem, Michael. <laughs> yeah.
3: So then he goes on to say, Darwin Gross, who was appointed by the Econcar Board of Directors, they have, it's like an, a corporation, mm-hmm. right? They have a board of directors. Tried to keep the teachings on track. But it was impossible because the rod of power had to be passed to Rabazar Tars and Darwin was not the true master.
2: You know,
3: fucking... (laughs) Fucking Rabazar. Yeah, fucking Rabazar, dude. God damn it, Rabazar. The high path went underground (laughs) while Rabazar was their new master but he had no physical body to take over for paul and teach the path openly i know right like it's really hard when you put in a a made-up character in in charge of your religion
2: i'm telling you michael (laughs) that's a really common problem (laughs) i
3: know right it's so such a fucking problem like all offshoot paths ekhamkar began to rapidly deteriorate as it was not being run by a true
2: ekmaster (laughs) <laughs> okay, when you say Eggmaster, I always think of Sonic. <laughs> yeah, uh, Professor Egg- Egg- Eggman. Eggman.
3: Yeah, Eggman. Eggman yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so th- this is where the story gets good. Okay, here's where the schism happens. Okay, Harold Kemp has changed the path mm. so much since the days of Paul that it's scarcely recognizable today. Okay, not even the same fucking thing, apparently.
0: Mm-hmm. But
3: Darwin, although he tried to maintain things was in a losing battle without the rod of Ek power, or Varden power, as it's written here. Which, I'll explain why that why it's written that way. Because it explains it later at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he goes on to say that in 2013, the spiritual hierarchy under the re- direction of various masters and silent ones... And what is that? Silent ones? That's just a new thing that is part of this weird religion that... Hasn't been explained, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, it reminds me of, like, uh, what was that TV show, Lost? Yeah. The Others, nah, you know? <laughs> like I never watched it. Oh, okay, so basically, like, you had the main cast of characters who were on this island, right? And then there were, like... This other group of characters who you didn't know anything about, mm-hmm. they would just appear sometimes, and whenever they appeared, something bad would happen, you know? Like, people would die, or fucking disasters would happen, and they were like... They just called them the Others. Mm-hmm. That's what this sounds like to me, like, the Silent. The yeah. Silent Ones, you know? <laughs> fucking, ooh, wonder what they are. Under the direction of various Masters and Silent Ones, under the direction of the Hooray, or God... <laughs> decided to bring the teachings out using a new master. Guess who it was? Mm. Alan Friedman.
2: Oh, no shit.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know. Under a new name, no less. They rebranded it a little bit. They call it Vardenkar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, Ekankar, you know, it was good for a while, and then Paul died, and it just... Yeah. It became this whole corrupted branch. Breaking
2: Car was so 60s. Yeah,
3: I mean, you know, I mean, it was really only a thing while Paul Twitchell was alive, and then he gave it to Harold Kemp, and the whole thing just fucking derailed. Mm-hmm. So the real teachings are Vardon Car.
2: Okay. Yeah. So, under... so we just wasted a whole bunch of time.
3: And he goes on to say, Although I was chosen, I am humbled and am aware that there has not been such an urgent need to get the Varden teachings out to the public, I would have not received the rod of power in October twentieth two thousand and thirteen if there hadn't been such a need. <laughs> so he just makes the shit up. he's like, uh, fucking the uh the Varden rod yeah, I, I got that yeah, no what was the name R- R- Rabazar. yeah, he gave it to me totally yeah, yeah. <laughs> he appeared in a dream, and uh you know we. We were uh, at his house, and, you know, he put on some Marvin Gaye. It was a little uncomfortable for me. <laughs> he but... gave me that run of <laughs> Yeah, Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> he goes on to say, I have been personally stretched. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> I didn't read ahead for that. That was a surprise to me. I didn't know that was coming.
2: He's been personally stretched by the rod of power.
3: <laughs> by Rabazar's rod of power. <laughs> he used it as an anal dildo. Just fucked him with the rod of power. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm sorry. He goes on to say... I have been personally stretched, to say the least, and that has been difficult, (laughs) but the teachings must have gotten out regardless, and all must learn and never worship personalities, but look instead to the goals of Vardankar, of self-realization, God-realization, and the Vardan mastership in this lifetime or the next. Okay, so it's it's the same thing. They just, it's a rebranding scheme. That's Mm -hmm. what he's doing here each living varden master is unique and must surrender to the will of Hooray, or god it is my hope that we can rekindle the work of paul and revitalize it through Vardankar. Vardankar will never be for the masses wait it won't be like
2: <laughs> yeah, he's setting in the barlow <laughs>
3: yeah right
2: like so he doesn't feel bad when he doesn't succeed
3: exactly he's like yeah this is su- this was designed to be a hipster movement <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> this movement totally isn't for everyone
3: right but there are many millions who are ready i'll be writing the suriat ki Hure volumes three and four over the next two to three years there are other things that must be done first though so okay and this was written in the suriat ki Hure book one so he's kind of projecting forward you know mm-hmm. he's setting goals for himself that's good you know you, you want to be goal oriented right the suriat ki Hure book one is a wondrous book Brought out by a remarkable Varden master himself, mm, of course, <laughs> right? Some dick second there. This has been translated in order to be suitable for Vardanists as well as the public. So then he actually, so this is so you can kind of understand the schism here. He says that the following terms have been changed from the 1971 Ekonkar to the 2013 Vardenkar. So instead of the Suryatki Sugmad, like we've been talking about, he calls it the Suryatki Hure, like I've been saying. The Ekankar is changed, of course, to Vardankar. Sugmad is changed to Hure. You guys probably picked these up so far. Now, Ek is changed to Varden, mm-hmm. And an Ekist is now a Vardanist, of course. Now, here's a couple of the specialized terms. I, I think I've only brought one of these up. I don't think I've said all of these yet. Uh, the Mahanta is the Margantama. <laughs> that would, i would have stayed with mahanta i mm-hmm. would
2: personally yeah, but if it's not spiritually correct
3: Mar- then... margatma I, d- I don't know about that one soul travel has been changed to tuza travel
2: <laughs> tuza
3: tuza t-u-z-a tuza okay okay and the vargi are the botron <laughs> i mentioned that one <laughs> uh and then he closes up by saying this book is awe-inspiring and should be read by all the true Vardinists, as well as anybody who truly desires truth. What? Oh, yeah. <laughs> truly
2: desires truth. I guess
3: we were in that poll, but maybe we don't count. I don't know.
2: I don't know. I think we uh, we can be discounted by a lot of these.
3: <laughs> well, that was the thing. Like We always seek truth, and wherever we go, we even like, humor them. We do their fucking rituals, do whatever they ask us to do, but truly desire I think what they're saying is like truly want to believe what we what the bullshit that we you know crammed down mm-hmm. people's throats so that that doesn't count us, I guess, and is willing to set aside all dogma opinions and beliefs long <laughs> enough to prove for themselves oh. through their own personal experiences. That what is written here is the way back to the worlds of God.
2: Oh my god, Within this, this is,
3: lifetime. It's a is gold- the fucking
2: Book of Mormon oh shit. Oh my
3: god, it so is. And a golden blessing to have access to the physical world to this great wisdom. Baraka Bashad! May the blessings be. Baraka. <laughs> Baraka. Oh my god. But now this guy, Alan Feldman,'s all like, uh, you know, you know H- Harold is like. He's a good guy, but he's, he's deluded, you know, he, he doesn't really know what Paul Twitchell would have wanted or, you know, he doesn't have the real rod of power like I do, you know? And so you see this funny little schism happen within the religion, but over like stupid shit, mm-hmm. you know? Cause it, so this is part of the reason I couldn't get through this holy text is because after I read that, I was like, Oh, so this isn't even the Ekon Kar holy book. This mm-hmm. is the Vardenkar holy book. You know, like, because like, when I would read it, it would say Vardankar and it would throw me off. I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. it doesn't even make any sense. So that's one of the reasons I couldn't make it through this book. The other reason, of course, being it's full of bullshit mm-hmm. and it's just fucking mentally grueling to, you know, schlep yourself through all that you <laughs> know, mentally anguishing nonsense, constantly trying to get through this 200 page manual of bullshit. Mm-hmm. So that was the other reason I couldn't read it. But Just kind of a fun fact that the holy book, the Suryat Kihure, is one of the only ones I could find that you didn't have to pay money for, but it's also the wrong religion. It's a splinter religion, which I thought this religion was too small to have splinter religions, but I was wrong. No
2: religion is too small for that. Apparently,
3: yeah. Apparently not, so... Little kind of funny fun fact here, that there has been an car schism. Mm-hmm. Go figure, right?
2: <laughs> schism of a schism.
3: All right, uh, you got anything to add, or mm, no? I'm good. I think yeah, I think I think we nailed this yep. pretty good. Ready yeah. to close it out? Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, wrap up the show here. All right, and we're back. We're going to go ahead and start our interview with kevin from the nerdy things podcast how you doing kevin doing well fantastic well thanks for being on it's a pleasure to have you on here uh, and as i can remember you guys are the newest addition to the FOPNet or famous original podcast network here with us
1: that's right yeah i held out as long as i could but <laughs> uh i had to you know it from from day one when they announced it i i wanted to join but we were doing our own thing and trying to create our own network and then i said fuck it and we joined there you yeah. go solid the, solid uh, their peer pressure campaign
2: worked on you yeah exactly <laughs> that's Same all it here, is man <laughs>
3: oh yeah yeah like we were peer pressured into it yeah <laughs> okay ryan we'll pretend that's true <laughs> yeah
2: all right because <laughs> we had options <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. I mean, they were going to accept us into Puzzle and in a Thunderstorm, but you know, yeah,
3: yeah, we had to we turn had them to down. Yeah.
2: Anyway, so I want to start this off. Just tell us a little bit about your podcast. What do you guys talk about?
1: So, the Nerdy Things Podcast is a uh, every two weeks podcast where we talk about the nerdiest things you can imagine. Awesome. We often do movies or video games. Uh, we have a news section where we talk about the newest nerdiest things that happen. And then we kind of dive deep into it and do things like time travel or uh, crypto cryptids so we can talk about Bigfoot and such. Mm. Okay, really anything we can imagine that's nerdy anything can be nerdy. If you drill down into it deep enough. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> definitely <stated>. true. Yeah,
3: <laughs> fantastic. Okay, so that's a little bit about what you guys do. So uh, how did you guys get started? And like, how did your group of, of friends who do this podcast with you? How'd you guys all meet?
1: So I started uh, there was another podcast that someone on Reddit needed help with. I joined hmm. and we had a podcast for about six months. And then he fell off the face of the earth, and I'm pretty sure it's like he's dead. Wow. So oh, <laughs> he, he's not. I see him on Discord all the time, but okay. he won't respond to me. Oh, wow. So he's dead to me. Oh, you hear okay. that? You're dead to me. So <laughs> I decided to start my own podcast because I'd been bitten by the bug. And I reached out on Reddit. And this was after I'd had conversations with one of my coworkers, Tim. And Tim said, Yes. I'm in, this sounds amazing, but I didn't believe him because Tim's unreliable. (laughs) (laughs) So I reached out and found Jules on Reddit and Jules and I pretty much hit it off. So we started recording and we did three episodes. We were doing it every week. And after three episodes, the Nintendo switch had come out. Mm -hmm. And so we decided to do a Nintendo switch episode and Tim, my coworker had a switch so I went to his house with microphones and we talked about the switch and I wound up leaving my microphone there for him to use every week from then on. And he has been more reliable than I ever would have given him credit for. That's awesome.
3: Right yeah, great.
1: Yeah. It was fantastic. I'm I'm embarrassed and my tail is between my legs, but episode four <laughs> is where our podcast starts to get good. Oh okay. well Fair enough. Yeah. Relatable. I mean ours gets
3: good at like yeah, episode three so,
1: yeah, we're if, right there with yeah. you.
2: <laughs> if you noticed, our first and two since... episodes aren't even on iTunes. <laughs> hey, fantastic.
3: Yeah, they disappeared somehow.
1: <laughs> since then, we've done other things together. We do actually a, right now, weekly podcast called Everything is Fine, huh? a Good Place podcast, yes. where we actually watch The Good Place from NBC and talk about it. Up to now, we've been catching up to the new season, and we we are finally caught up. The latest episode of this season happened the other night, so I imagine by the time this episode of your show airs, the new episode of Everything is Fine will be out with season three, spoilers, theories, and everything. Awesome,
2: Sweet. That sounds fun. Uh, Your show definitely sounds a lot more
1: lighthearted than ours. Yeah. Uh, (laughs)
3: For
1: sure. Yeah. Well, The Nerdy Things was a little dark for a little Mm -hmm. while, because... Uh, You know what? I I don't really care. I can say whatever I want because everybody already hates me. So Tim, Tim tends to take the opposite view of everything. Like if you tell tell him that you love the sky, he'll tell you he hates the sky. (laughs) If you tell him the sky is blue, he'll tell you the sky is off red. Like he'll always go the other way with things. And I love him to death and it works in so many situations. But when you're talking about things you love, it doesn't always work. Yeah. And so we had a come to Jesus moment with him and <laughs> and it's it works out well and he is in charge of everything is fine and that is a much more lighthearted <laughs> show. So it, it it does work out real well. Okay, that's awesome. well, That's
3: good. Yeah, I mean the the subject matter of your podcast is also something of interest. Obviously, we're dealing with a lot of fairly loaded shit when we do any episodes just because of the nature of what we do. Um, I don't know if you've you've listened probably not and I, I don't blame you for that I, you know I don't even listen so. <laughs> so.
1: wow yeah, yeah so what a glowing review hold on I'm downloading everything I'm subscribing hey right you want
3: to be our patron too I mean there's a ten dollar <laughs> tier
2: I mean I mean okay so this reverse psychology seems to be working so I mean yeah. I don't think you really want to be a patron it's, it's, <laughs> I'll show you
3: <laughs> yeah, right. you know what I'm gonna make a new tier hundred dollar donation Boom mm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you look so, so stupid. <laughs>
2: so, so i'm uh, oh, man. I'm interested in uh, learning about like what sparked your interest in in all this pop culture
1: things like what what draws you in? So I've always 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 been a nerd. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no denying that. I was the outcast in middle school and high school. I was the kid that had the comic books. <laughs> nice. uh, it didn't it didn't get better when I got married 12 <laughs> years ago because my wife, I love her to death. She's always uh, always been there by my side and she is also hopeless nerd so that's so wonderful you know like we've been playing world of warcraft together for i don't even know an ungodly amount of years like if if our world of warcraft was a child uh, it could like wipe its own ass by a lot by now so (laughs) that's That's a good standard yeah (laughs) that's terrifying like it it'd be basically looking to move out at this point so uh We've got movie posters hanging in our living room above the the sofa. We've got a wall of Funko Pop figurines. Uh, Our our study looks like NASA because we both have at least two monitors. We both have laptops. We both have multiple tablets. I got my 3D printer sitting here. I got a bookcase that is six feet high by three foot wide that is dedicated solely to Star Wars novels. Like, (laughs) it's just, it's terrifying. Like, people that walk (laughs) in here... We have to explain to them that this is just how we live, and it's okay.
2: <laughs> all right. so your house sounds a lot better than mine.
1: Right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's great. That's fantastic. So off of that note, uh, what kind of video games, TV shows, movies, that kind of thing have you been into watching or playing lately? And uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, all of them, and they're amazing. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> Most recently, I've been playing the Spider man for PlayStation Four, of course, I yeah, so have I. yeah yeah, yeah, that game is not long enough it mm-hmm. is not it's not hard not enough either it it is not I mean really. I'm sixty something percent through the game and I feel like I haven't been playing it that long. Mm-hmm. But the mm-hmm. problem with that is every time I sit down, I then get up like twelve hours later. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 So yeah. it's not not good. Mm-hmm. Um <laughs> and we see most movies that come out. I actually work somewhere that is attached to a movie theater. Oh, that's uh, perfect. Convenient. Yeah, it's it's kind of it's an interesting situation. And I don't wanna I don't wanna give away so much of, of where I work, but yeah, I work <laughs> in a store that opened its own movie theater and so oh yeah i know that place yeah (laughs) (laughs) you don't we don't have them out there but (laughs) but i get to go into the movie for free my wife gets in for like six bucks because she's a friend of mine that's pretty and then our popcorn is either free uh or if they feel like charging us it's a dollar for popcorn and a dollar for soda so we can go to they only have one theater so they play one movie at a time oh, I but I can see whatever I want for effectively even if we get two sodas a popcorn and two candies if they charge us full price and I'm paying the ticket it's still like $13 so it's one, the price of one ticket at Damn. a regular theater oh, God. yeah
3: for real that's crazy but
1: yeah, that's... then additionally I subscribe to the AMC A-list mm-hmm. thing where I get to see three movies a week with AMC for 20 bucks a month yeah, So that's not that's bad cool. I can go see anything I want whenever I want, and it's kind of (laughs) awful. Yeah. So, uh, so what movies recently have been your favorites? Uh, I saw the house with a clock in its walls the other day, Mm -hmm. uh, which was actually heard of that. It's pretty good. It's it's uh, based on a kid's book. It's got Jack Black in it. Oh, that's yeah. I did hear about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's kind of silly, but it was you know it's kind of awesome. Cool. Cool. I'm trying yeah. to think what else I've seen recently. I've I've seen quite a few different things, but not all of them immediately jump out in my mind. So Huh.
2: Yeah, so the one for me that I've been like I've probably watched this movie about five or six times since it came out, but Infinity War.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm fucking one.
2: crazy about that movie.
1: We're gonna have to talk theories after this, then. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so something that's very interesting to me when it comes to pop culture is, you know, increasing like we were talking about in the, in the um, article earlier, increasing diversity and representation in media. So uh, some examples that we came up with, like Hal Jordan, that made him gay and human torch. uh, It made him black in the, in the recent uh, fantastic four movie and Deadpool being pansexual and all that. Um, So what are your thoughts on that? And what are your favorite examples that you could think of?
1: Oh, I, I love it. I mean, I really do. I, mm-hmm. I think that we need we do need more of that. I think that these are fantastic examples. I, I think that some of them, though, are sort of like throwaway. Like, mm, yeah. we're just going to do this for the diversity's sake. And I don't think that's uh, the way yeah. it should be.
2: Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, um, making it, like, exploitative or just tokenism like oh we have this disabled person in this movie just because we, you know we want to seem progressive or whatever yeah that exactly that i me.
1: you know like last i think it was last year two years ago marvel had their first gay wedding within mm. the comics yeah mm-hmm. and i i just i mean i think that's wonderful but i i'm pretty sure if i'm not mistaken because this isn't one of the comics i read that this was one where they were just like surprise he's gay and he's getting married
0: mm-hmm.
1: but, <laughs> and, and that doesn't do anything yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it it should be more like with the, the Marvel and the Black Panther movie. Oh yes, has been spectacular. Mm-hmm. I I love it, and and the number of people that I see everywhere that say that now they can see themselves in this type of movie is wonderful. Oh, yes. Every superhero prior to this, I mean, Superman is like a white nationalist poster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, pretty much, honestly, <laughs> the only thing missing is blonde hair. Because he, he, yeah, he's just the perfect ideal and all of like this is so you've opened up a can of worms mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is what i hate about the divide between marvel comics and dc comics is if you look at dc comics every single person is like that broad-chested yeah ideal mm-hmm. they got that pose where the cape is blowing in the wind and they're oh, yeah. staring off into the into the ether like they're they're about to go punch hitler's dick and <laughs> i i think that that's like you can't see yourself in that it's not you it's it's a story and i get that but i want to i want to be able to say i could do this or in some cases i could do this better Mm -hmm. well
2: okay so i don't know about you but i definitely feel represented by bruce wayne
1: yeah a (laughs) hundred percent but that's just it look at every single superhero that dc has you got bruce wayne Mm -hmm. who's a millionaire playboy whatever you've got green arrow who's a millionaire Mm -hmm. playboy whatever Mm -hmm. You've got uh, the Green uh, Green Lantern, who's this amazing like fighter pilot in some of them, who's just doesn't Mm -hmm. have to worry about money, doesn't have to like none of them have any real needs, you know. Even even Superman Mm -hmm. is only poor because he chooses to be poor. Sure, Yeah.
2: yeah, that is that is always something that I've kind of like disliked about about DC. I don't think it's as deep as Marvel. Right. And especially like I was thinking about the the new series, I think, starting in like, what was it, 2010? Yeah. 2012. But with the uh, the all new, all different Marvel. And I really like that stuff, like the new characters that have come out, like uh, Kamala Khan as Miss Marvel.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's just like including that shit just makes it. Better because it's not always the same story with the same characters every single fucking time anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no,
1: that that's it, exactly it.
2: It does get a lot of fucking hate. <laughs> you <know? laughs> yeah. uh, What doesn't? Eh, true, true, true. Especially true. when representation is involved.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You you can't do anything right in this world anymore, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. Just just do you. That's mm-hmm. that's really all it is. <laughs> you do you, let everybody else do them, and let you know, let it be.
2: Yeah. I mean, I used to have problems with that but i will tell you having this podcast has definitely made me internalize that
3: (laughs) (laughs) yeah fair enough we run a fairly progressive and secular podcast so we gotta ask you just like we ask everybody else uh where do you land on the whole does god exist question and is that important to you and why
1: uh i hope not because i have not been doing good things up to this point (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry invisible sky demon I haven't lived up to your arbitrary things. <laughs> oh, oh, that's awesome! Awesome,
2: yeah.
3: pretty, pretty solid answer. <laughs> I,
1: you know what? I just, I really, I feel like you can be good just because you want to be good. Oh yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. I don't, I, I don't. I hope I don't offend anyone when I say things like that, but <laughs> I kind of do at the same time because I, I, I like to think I'm at least a not halfway bad guy. And I'm that way because I just want to be a halfway good guy.
2: Well, that's the secret influence of God on you. (laughs) Sure.
1: (laughs) We'll go with that. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you mind if I ask, what is your uh, religious background, if you have any? Uh, My family, my grandparents were pretty religious Catholics. Ah. And... (laughs) I just never got into it. Like, my parents <laughs> would take us to, to church on Easter, mm-hmm. and that was literally it.
0: Yep.
2: That's the <laughs> I, good thing I, about uh, being raised Catholic, I think, is the lack of participation in church, usually.
1: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So, it, eh. and and then we would go to, like, my family has some weird traditions. Every Christmas, we would go to some weird... Like I don't even know what it was ceremony <laughs> down on the mm. dock. If we're... we were up at our cottage,
3: and oh so right, I... yeah, the satanic ceremony where you, yeah, 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 like the
1: blood <laughs> sacrifice and the, like, it was just it was not good. And oh, we never man. saw the same people year to year because they were sacrificed the year before. <sighs> well, so. I mean, so they all I... wear
3: hoods, so it's so hard to tell. <laughs> <you know? laughs>
1: it is a little little tough to tell, but you could always find the place by the giant burning cross. So oh,
3: perfect. <laughs> easy landmarker
1: yeah fighting discrimination
2: right
1: <laughs> uh, yeah there's no better way to fight discrimination than to realize the church discriminates and to burn their holy materials like crosses mm-hmm, and such mm-hmm. it works and you wear the white hoods so that no one can see your skin color <laughs> so you're all the same You know? we don't see color <laughs> that's right that's exactly right I'm pretty sure this is all correct I could be wrong <laughs> <laughs> it sounds pretty solid
3: to me I don't know a lot, of, a lot of really compelling points here. So. <laughs> okay, I try. <laughs> right on, right on. Good deal, good deal. Well, I guess we know where you land on the whole question then. <laughs> so in so many words, I would words. hope I've
1: been I've been pretty clear on that. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
3: In so many words, yeah. I think we I think we can read between the lines on that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that sounds pretty good. All right. right Got anything else?
3: Um, no, that's all our basic questions we got. Unless something pops into your head, I'm, I think I'm pretty solid on that.
2: Cool. Well, how about you Uh, tell us how to get in contact with you, Uh, find your show, all that stuff?
1: Certainly. Anybody that wants to can find anything and everything that the Nerdy Things podcast has its fingers in at nerdythingspod.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way you can find our, our Nerdy Things podcast. You can find Everything is Fine, a Good Plays podcast. You can find Nerdy People Play D&D. You can find the upcoming, I swear I'm still working on it, I promise it's coming, it'll probably be next year, What Did We Just Read?, where I force my wife to read a book uh, that's my favorite, and she does the same to me, and then we talk about oh, it. Oh, I fucking, oh, that's, that's a great concept. Idea. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, I like that concept, that's a good idea. See, we do something similar, where we are both reading two books right now. Uh, they're terrible reading, books, though. Yeah, they're awful. <laughs> I'm reading 23 <laughs> Minutes in Hell, and Ryan's reading uh, Proof of Heaven, and we have, like, a little book group segment that we pop into episodes oh, every once in a it's while.
1: terrible. It's... I had wanted to do a podcast based on terrible self-published books because there's millions of them oh God. on oh, yeah. Amazon. Yeah, there are. And I had a, a subscription to the Kindle Unlimited for a short time where you can just read all of these and they're a mess. <laughs> and I just couldn't, like... I couldn't bring myself to be that mean to people who may not know that they are not doing this well.
2: Oh, true. True. <laughs> you know, so could I could put just, a like, damper on things.
1: Yeah. I couldn't do it. Like I don't have that in me. So it, with this, the other, the, what did we just read is a much more positive look because we love these books. Like oh. the, these, these are objectively good books. So I, I can get behind that.
2: Mm-hmm. That's good. That's awesome. So uh, did you already give yeah. your Twitter and all that?
1: Ah, uh, the Twitter is the same. Everything is the same. So it's all Nerdy Things Pod. So you can find us on Facebook, Nerdy Things Pod. Uh, you can search for Everything Is Fine on Facebook to find our discussion group about uh, the Good Place. Pod, uh, the the Good Place on NBC. Um, you can find us at Nerdy Things Pod, uh, Patreon, whatever, everything, everywhere, 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 everywhere. Mm -hmm.
2: And as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, you're also the newest addition to fopnet.biz. That's right.
3: Mm
1: -hmm. I'm looking forward to uh, more of that. Mm -hmm. I've loved Dumb all over for years, ever since I yelled at them for something stupid. That. And they (laughs) they invited me on the show. (laughs) Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, good guys over there.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah, you can find me once a month on their podcast for their pop culture segment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's, that's where I discovered you. Awesome. Good to see it's working.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Alrighty. Well, that was awesome. Appreciate having you on. Um, hopefully you'll be back on again in the future and we are working on, hopefully guest hosting on the nerdy things podcast at some point in the future as well.
1: Oh, we'll get you on there. Don't you worry.
3: Fantastic. All right. So we're going to hopefully schedule that pretty soon. And, uh, Your listeners will be able to to hear us on your show And our listener will be able to hear you on our show And yeah, it'll be be great
1: (laughs) Fantastic uh,
3: Thanks Kevin so much for uh, coming on with us And shooting the shit And doing this interview with us And uh, yeah, this has been great
1: Talk to you later man Thanks, bye All
3: right, fantastic Well let's get into the outro Hey guys, Mike here I'm going to be doing the outro solo this episode because Ryan is busy at the moment. First, we want to thank everyone for listening to the Unholy Generation podcast. If you want to contact us, send us an email at unholypod at gmail.com. We're now on Patreon, so don't forget to check us out there and become our patron for access to premium content, such as special episodes and articles written by us. And we're excited to announce that we've been accepted into the famous Original Podcast Network. Go check out our page on fopnet.biz and support all our fellow podcasters in the network with us. Follow us on Twitter at Unholygens, like us on Facebook at The Unholy Generation Podcast, and follow us on SoundCloud. Go look us up on iTunes and Stitcher, get all our new episodes on your Android and Apple devices, and don't forget to leave us a good rating and review, and share us on all your social media. Also a reminder, we'll be reading any good reviews left on iTunes, as well as answering any listener questions you guys send us on our Twitter, our Facebook page, or email to us. And we're now happy to announce that we have a Google voice number set up for fans of the show to contact us and leave us voicemails. If you want to leave us a voicemail, give us a call at 210-580-4048. That number again is 210-580-4048. We will listen to all the voicemails and our favorite ones will get played on the show. And as always, I hope you guys liked our original music. It was composed by me, Mike, with samplings from Amazing Wolves by Primer Loops and Face Fudge 2 v 2150 by Avid Life. We would like to thank everyone who has helped promote the show by giving us shoutouts on their social media and leaving us ratings and reviews on iTunes. We appreciate your efforts. You guys are awesome. Also, don't forget to check out our guest appearance on Secular Soup, which we hope will be released very soon, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Today we want to mention Kevin from the Nerdy Things Podcast for being a guest on our show. Check out the Nerdy Things Podcast and follow them on all your social media. We also want to mention Conversations with God Podcast, The Voice from the Underground Podcast, and The Tatted Atheist for giving us shoutouts and engaging with us on Twitter. May the satanic Illuminati Atheist One World Order Pantheon rain down blessings and delicious yum-yums unto ye most excellent motherfuckers. In an effort to make our jobs easier, we would like to invite fans of the show to send in their own recordings of the atheist Prayer and your favorite crazy religion quotes from the Bible, Quran, or any other crazy holy text or religious leaders. Our favorite ones will be used in the intro and outro for the show. Tune in to our next episode where we will be discussing the devil and the problem of evil in another installment of our Biblical Literacy and Counter-Apologetics episode. And now, as always, we will leave you with the atheist's prayer. Brothers and sisters, pray with me. Dear me, who art on my couch, hallowed be no name, my nap will come, my will be done, only in things that affect me. I will go forth this day, eat my bread, and not be a dick to people, as I do not want people to be dicks to me. And I will lead myself, not with bad reasoning, but equip my mind to combat evil for that is my way and my desire and my goal for my short little life. Peace out, bitches. Amen. So I guess I'll give it a little bit of silence and just start again. Sounds good. (laughs) Really, Ryan? Really?
1: (laughs) Yeah.
2: Don't forget to flush.
3: (laughs) 9 (laughs) a.m. Are you drinking?
2: (laughs) no uh, well yes but not alcohol <laughs>
3: a problem
2: god
3: <laughs> all right the first step to admit to solving a problem is you got to admit it first
2: okay i will admit that it's not alcohol <laughs> michael what do you think i am drinking it's I a monster
3: oh, oh yeah you got a problem oh, it's a problem.
1: <laughs> oh.
3: If I had a nickel for every monster I've seen you drink over the years, I'd be a very rich
1: man. I mean, don't get me wrong; <laughs> I, I, I am an addict. And mm-hmm. Dunkin's has their Dunkin's Energy Shot, Energy Punch, which is Monster with a little bit of the Dunkin's flavoring in it. But...
2: Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> God,
1: if, oh. if you've never had it, don't start because it's actually delicious and I can't stop drinking them. Yeah, mm. I, I
2: mean, I feel like I want to stop drinking caffeine, but then I try for like a day and it just doesn't work yeah. out.
1: <laughs> Me too. This is way too much information, but I actually literally had to drink things like that to stay awake. Uh, for the last couple of years, and they've recently Mm -hmm. switched my meds, and now I get violently ill thinking about it. Oh, Uh wow. That's awesome. It's really good.
2: Yeah, Uh I mean, I kind of got the same thing, but um, I started uh, Wellbutrin about a uh, a year ago, and I couldn't drink caffeine for a little bit after that because it would just make me, like, heart-racing,
1: heart-pounding,
2: like anxious and oh it's crazy
1: (laughs) yep i'm on day four of the new meds and i haven't Mm -hmm. been able to have a monster since which is great i don't want one but i so do
2: that's good (laughs) yeah i was able to overcome my
1: aversion uh sadly (laughs) Uh, powered through it yeah i'm so sorry